You're listening to the Jim Mint Podcast by GFNF. Your weekly breakdown of sports cards, hobby news, and everything in between. And everything in between. Here's your hosts, Jake and Nico. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Gem Mint by GFNF, episode four. Uh, what's going on, Jake? What's going on, man? Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming back for another week. Yeah, so let's um, let's get into our usual uh, weekly recap of uh, the retail worlds and, and retail cards in general. Pretty dry. Yeah. Uh, we did not see Target again, which I think we were kind of anticipating not uh not seeing anything we did have walmart today but again it was pretty pretty dry uh there was some pokemon but we're still waiting on mosaic football i think everyone's just sitting on the edge of their seat at this point hoping and praying that it drops uh, you think it's going to open up at crazy prices because of how long people waited or do you think it's affecting secondary pricing because we're coming up to the end of the football season here in a few days. No, I think it'll be strong. Especially especially the um especially the, the mega boxes. I hope so. <laughs> well did let me see if there's any sales on uh the twenty twenty one because there was that store that they popped up. Um, yeah, I think that wasn't that a football stadium? It was the inside store of a stadium. Well then it was at the Raiders Stadium. Because yeah, it was, it was Vegas, sense. but uh, no, I think I think it should hopefully be the product that uh, revitalizes some of these prices a little bit for people uh, looking to make some money buying, selling uh, sealed sealed cards. So otherwise, we we just keep getting like some you know brick products, uh, illusions football. Uh, we did see MetaZoo uh, pop up in store. I know a couple Yuck. a couple members picked those up. I, I think they're. Doing almost two x online, uh, so for now, I I think they're just booster packs, but we'll see. I, I'm not too invested in the MetaZoo world. I know you're not either, uh, but I just don't understand. I I don't quite understand, and I'm not a huge. I had Pokemon cards as a kid, obviously, and Pokemon prices are insane, and and we've seen that roller coaster, especially with the anniversary last year, and but. MetaZoo to me seems like a TCG that you can't play. Yeah, honestly, like I think Pokemon's probably one of the easier ones, and I don't even know how to play that. So I think the chances of me actually figuring yeah, out, well, I don't know how to play it. <laughs> I think the chances of me figuring out how to play MetaZoo, if it's that difficult, is probably slim to none. Did uh, you ever own any Charizard rookie cards? Honestly, I don't. I didn't find them. I have to assume I did. Because it was like a, first, like a spoiled Charizard first Bowman. Yeah, I definitely had his first <laughs> Bowman auto. Absolutely. Um, but no, I, pr- I probably did, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't find him. So, uh, but yeah, th- there was one or actually two pretty good opportunities uh, today, actually. The Project 70, so the, the artist proofs, um, those were pretty good money early on in the Project 70 life cycle if you, if you don't know what project 70 is it's so it's the 70th year of tops pretty much and making baseball cards so similar to their project 2020 they did pretty much just an, a series of artists that uh redesigned cards and players and and 
uh, put their own little twist on it. And probably the most popular one, Alex Pardee, who kind of has like a, uh, here I'll, I'll intertwine the, the NFT world, kind of like a mutant uh, kind of vibe uh, to his designs. He uh, released his final design today, which was the, the 52 tops mantle. And uh, so each release, they release 51 artist proofs. Uh, they early on were doing really well, like the, the Trout, the Tatis uh, did, did really, really well. Ever since I think tops up to the price, like 40 bucks um, a card. And then also the interest kind of died down a little bit. Uh, but we did see a few members hit hit a couple of these. Uh, and I think the cheapest on eBay is seven fifty right now. I don't Were know. Were you if... able to grab one? No, I was in the car. Uh, yeah, a lot of our, some of our members hit, especially uh, using uh, KSR. I know I saw a couple of checkouts and. Yeah, I think one, uh, one member actually hit four. I think I saw a couple other ones hit two. So. Yeah, man, those would be good profit. Yeah, those those flew instantly, and then we did see um, uh, the UFC membership, the instant access. Uh, that released today, mm-hmm. a lot different than last year's, which was just a $500 membership with, I think it was 325 total memberships, uh, where this year they had three different levels. Uh, didn't they uh, Didn't they have a mishap last year with the membership? Well, yeah. There's like a, a couple sets and a couple like autographs that, that never got shipped out, I guess. Uh, so they I, said, so they said, we'll just raise the price. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is they... Did you hear about the whole email thread? No. So they sent an email to everyone about it, but they CC'd everyone and didn't BCC. So like everyone could see everyone else's emails. And there was just like a bunch of, oh, no. of people replying, like replying all, like telling them to F off and, and whatnot. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I did, a, I, unfortunately I missed this today. Uh, I know a couple members hit the, the hall of fame the $4,000 membership, but basically, wild. yeah, it, it grants you, um, last year, the big thing was the, the white sparkle prism packs, which I think the cheapest right now is about thousand dollars for a pack. Uh, but this year they really upped it with white sparkle prism, white sparkle optic, uh, octagon side, which is like the select field level, um, like football equivalent. And then the kabooms. So this is like the first year UFC Kaboom, and uh, you know each level had had more and more packs, and I think this is going to do really really well. Uh, I I hope that they deliver because uh, there's a lot a lot of cards that are included with this, a lot of sets, a lot of autographs. Um, I bummed I couldn't couldn't hit one, um, but w- w- do you what think, do you think the memberships go for on the secondary market? I didn't even look if anyone tried to flip it. And I, I honestly, I wouldn't try to flip it um, just because I, I think the money's going to be there regardless if you keep it or, or if you sell it. But I, I think you'll, you'll be better off holding this in, in capitalizing on individual packs. And if you, know, you want to gamble, rip them open and, and grading them. Uh, the, the UFC market's kind of hot. I started to dabble in it a little bit, uh, especially the higher end stuff. And, you know, you can get some good entries on on some of these guys um, that are, that are up and coming, and uh, you know, kind of low risk, kind of like Bowman stuff, you know, low risk, lower prospect type pricing. Um, but I mean, 
do you th- my thought was with Panini, you know, Fanatics is in charge. If Panini wants to try to stay relevant or, you know, essentially get bought out by Fanatics, you know, they, they can't mess up here. Like, this was 50 memberships at $4,000 each, another 125 at 2000 and another 700 at at uh, $800. So it's a lot of money that, that people are putting out and, and are expecting yeah. a lot of cards over this year. So, I mean, what do you think in general? Do you think, I guess a two-part thing, do you think they'll deliver on the promise? And like, with, do you think they're going to be part of the Fanatics plan in the future or no? Um. I have, I don't know. I, I'm kind of split down the middle on this. I'm an old school baseball collector, so I'm a t- big tops guy, obviously, and I've had a natural bad taste in my mouth with Panini and their just terrible baseball products. They do make obviously all the football, all the basketball, but for now. But to me, I believe that they're overwhelmed, obviously, just like Tops was, and I think eventually. You know, Fanatics may make a move on them. The, the the thing is, does Fanatics really need to? You know, we talked about that early on. Like, if they're able to get upper deck, they have Chrome and Bowman now, right, to print basketball and football under. So do yeah. they really need Prism? Do they need Optic? Not really. Um, if they want a complete monopoly, obviously, they'll have to move in on that space. But but they have the licenses for those sports. So Yeah, I mean, I can't see Panini making... <laughs> unlicensed baseball and basketball and football. Like I, I don't see how that could possibly Yeah, it could survive. be as simple as fanatics just waiting them out and bleed them dry, right? If they lose those licenses and, and can't, you know, they're not doing anything else other than printing unlicensed stuff, then eventually their valuation goes down where they can get them for pennies on the dollar. Who knows? Yeah, if they can get upper deck, I mean, that is definitely a game changer uh, just because of the definitely you know the autograph licensing and all that so we'll see i i have doubts about them there's definitely some some fud around this ufc membership too um so i guess only time will tell if they if they deliver on on all those promises um but yeah let's uh let's touch on psa a little bit there's been a lot of psa in the news um so the backlog so so steve sloan the, the president over at PSA said they're currently at about 6 million cards. Um, yeah. Yeah. You want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So their peak, he was on a podcast with PSA. PSA is doing a new podcast, um, trying to copy us, but they basically said they started their backlog at its worst was 13 million cards. Um, they're down to six, which is a little over half that they've cleared and they shut down what, right around this time last year. So about a year, it took them to clear 7 million cards, uh, which is insane. And that, and people were still sending in, obviously, the high-dollar ones for the Express and Super Express and all that. But um, I don't know. Obviously, it's, it's, it's good that they're making progress. They said they want to be caught up by early fall, like completely clearing their backlog. Some of it puts a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Obviously, I have a lot of cards sitting at PSA still. I'm sure you do, too. But, like... You know, when I when I was at the National this summer, they were doing grading on site and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, you have a warehouse full of cards. What are you doing? You know, that as as nice as it is to get $50 cards in on their events that we've been taking advantage of, I'd like to see those cards that are sitting in that warehouse move a little bit too before they start overloading their plate again. 
Yeah, I mean, but you also have to think that, like, sure, they, they knocked out 7 million cards over the past year, but they also, as far as we know, expanded, grew their, their uh, you know, their workforce, um, have more experienced, you know, people that worked, you know, in the space a year ago are more experienced now, can hopefully take on more cards in a day. And I, I think I, I could see the early fall. Um, I, I don't know about completely knocked out um, backlog, but I could see them taking a big chunk out of it in a shorter amount of time. And I think there's a lot less people, a lot less, I guess, like juvenile collectors and, and submitters now that <laughs> that learn their lesson right. the hard way, <laughs> you know, well, what to send and what not to send. So I, I don't think it's going to grow at the rate uh, that it grew last year especially with people just trying to get in like a ton of orders right before they close down. No so, one's sending in base paper Kyle Lewis cards anymore. I, apparently not. Um, I Listen may to this. have, but they're 13 million card backlog. Now we know anyone that's submitted with PSA, unless you're dealing with a group submitter. Um, when you're dealing personally with PSA, you don't pay until your order is completed. Uh, but so the 13 million backlog, if the average was $15 a card, and you have to assume it was a little more than that with, with the higher levels, but mm -hmm. at the base bulk rate of $15 a card, that's $195 million worth of cards sitting in that warehouse, um, just in revenue taking it. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. they've had years worth of work just sitting in there, uh, guaranteed money. So they're doing pretty well. Obviously, that's why they're growing, but that, that's wild. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna slow down at all. Um, I, I guess on the front of like grading companies, did you see CSG release their pop report finally uh, yesterday? Oh, no. I think it was. Dude, well, it's... they followed. Yeah, PSA did too. Oh, dude, no, no, no. Their pop. They, dude, CSG didn't have a pop report. Like you couldn't, you couldn't go see how many cards or whatever were graded oh just initially okay yeah, yeah so like, psa released their their top uh their top six oh no no this is cards, just but... a pop report at all like csg didn't have that it's they finally weird yeah they finally released it and it's so laughable uh it's it's terrible um i know my, my... like how many or how little I no would, no I how imagine they how that. tough they grade and and how bad they're they're squeezing people out from wanting to submit with them i shout out ronnie he he put out a picture on twitter of i think it was like a prism draft picks lamello ball and and there were more oh, there were more csg sixes than there were tens oh so, so dude they're they're really rough have you ever sent to them or no no they're great for buying and cracking like if you find a CSG nine five that has all nine fives, there's a really 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 strong chance it's going to ten a PSA. Um, but it's I, their bulk is quick, it's cheap, but they're so tough that it's it's like kind of hard to even make your money back. I on, can't on imagine parts then. a CSG nine and a half sells anywhere in the ballpark of a PSA ten. So I would assume a six would sell for about half a raw. Yeah, yeah. Like I just picked up, um, I picked up a Vlad Junior Topps Chrome Auto. Uh, it was all nine fives and I think one or two tens, 
for six fifty. Now the last PSA wow. ten did sixteen fifty. So I cracked pretty good. Yeah, I cracked that thing and it's and it's on its way to PSA now. But I feel good about it. Like I cracked it, looked really, really clean. So shout out to that person for, for spending twenty five dollars to get it graded with them and not PSA. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so also speaking of pop reports and PSA, uh, we, we we got numbers on the the highest for uh, for PSA ten. So you want to go down the list? Yeah. So the let's start with the bottom. So the number sixth most common, or not most common, but the most amount of PSA ten pop report graded in the last five years is what they released. So uh, at number six we have the twenty nineteen, and I I'm responsible for a bunch of these. Um, 2019 Fernando Tatis Jr. rookie. So the the 410 that came out of Series Two in 2019, 17,464 PSA tens. A lot. And at the peak, I remember. I mean, at the peak of this boom in 2020, that they, they, they were going for three to three fifty a pop um, for the paper rookie card. Um, and then uh, number five on the list, 2018 Luka Doncic, uh, the Prism rookie. Just base prism, eighteen thousand two hundred and six PSA tens. A two thousand dollar card at the beginning of last season, and now it's a I want to say three to four hundred dollar yeah, card. I think it's three hundred bucks. Yeah, that's brutal. Yep, that's yeah, wild. Um, let's see. Next on uh, at number four, uh, twenty nineteen John Morant prism rookie prism base. Uh, again, the Zion and Ja followed the what the people saw the Luca rookie doing. So yep. that was at 19,359 PSA 10s. And then I'll take the top half. Yeah. We got some baseball love. So 2018, we had the, the Soto us 300, which has uh, almost just a hair under 20,000. And then yep. the Acuna 250, which is a hair above 20,000. Those two both come out of my favorite top flagship product i think in the last that i could oh, yeah. probably ever 2018 update yeah 2018 is great and then uh rounding out the top is uh the zion prism with over twenty thousand five hundred uh oh psa gosh. 10 it's just crazy i'm, I'm kind of upset you left off one of the names that i saw that i actually just laughed when i saw it gavin lux yeah gavin lux i think he was me. like eight or nine with like fifteen thousand psa 10 so you could see Here's the thing you guys got to realize. Year. You guys got to realize, too, that there is still a ton of these sitting at PSA. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a, they got through half. So that you in fact expect these numbers to inflate probably by a, 50 to 100%. Yep. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so shout out to PSA. Still, still the fan favorite for sure. Um, yeah, so we did have the release of uh, – flawless nba uh like a week or two ago and we've been yep. seeing more and more either famous people or personalities putting out these bounties for these cards so uh, one of the big chases is is the triple logo man uh lebron which he's in the lakers Cavs, and heat uh, on the card i don't think it's been pulled yet but we, we have seen no. jared blesnick who's a, a professional poker player I think this is a little low, but he's got a million bounty out for for that card. I, I think. I think it's a million dollar bounty. The way I read, it, I thought it was a million dollar bounty for linking him to it. Oh really? Or is he paying a million for it? I think he's trying to pay a million for it. But I also know that Shine and uh, 
the other guy, Woot Woot or whatever, he they've also are trying to chase that card, and I think the two of them will will uh, outbid outbid this guy. But uh, it's Let's pretty just interesting. Pull it. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I mean, bounty is something I I think more people and cards are associate with breaks, like with break credits and stuff. Breakers put bounties out to push product, old product, or like a top one right now is is Joey B rookie autos um you know chasing those to get, to get people to open more 2020 product but now we got people putting bounties out then they want to open the thing pull the card sell it real quick so uh it, it's yeah. interesting it gets more engagement in the community and more i people. like the i like the bounty system i think uh, one of my you know good friends and my favorite people to break with real breaks they do every year for bowman they do a bowman super fractor bounty so Throughout, they they fill so many brands. They, they break probably 100 to 200 cases easy, if not more, of Bowman. But they uh, they have a rolling total where a certain amount of money each break gets put into a pot, and whoever hits the you know next super fractor first Bowman gets to take home the the score, which is pretty cool. Yeah, my uh my one buddy, he just hit one. He breaks with Firehand sports cards, and uh. He hit the J that J Rod, uh, Kalenic Super Fractor, and I think he got like. Oh yeah, I think they do the pot, best, right? Yeah, the Bowman's best. I think it, they do like the pot too. I, I want to say it was like two thousand dollars bounty that he hit. Not bad. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, what's not pretty cool is eBay. Yeah. So like a week or two ago, we had eBay announce their authenticator system for cards over seven fifty, which. I've seen some good things. I've seen some bad things. I saw someone get a pretty expensive Griffey card in the mail today, and the thing was like sliding out of the card saver. Um, yeah, so not good. But they announced Typical. new fee fee increases for sports cards. So if you don't have an eBay store, it's thirteen percent, and then if you have a store, it's twelve percent. So, so they are now is. yeah. It's interesting to see what they're doing. Like I, I honestly thought we were going to get no fees to try to drive more business to eBay like we did with sneakers, which now have fees, but for a while there was no fees with sneakers and they authenticated. Uh, but now we have authentication and we have more fees. So I typically wow. don't sell on eBay that much. Either. I'll put stuff that has like, is like a niche market. Like if I break open Bowman, pitcher autos, pitcher color, I'll put it on there if I, if I want to move it. Um, but I'll still personally sell Twitter more than more than anywhere. I know you do card shows pretty frequently. Um, yeah, so. card shows. Uh, that's another thing that's interesting about uh, about the hobby right now. Naturally, uh, for people that've been in this a while, you know it's pretty slow over the winter time, especially after the holidays. But right about now is when it starts to pick up, just naturally. And I, I'm telling you, man, the last two months at these two card shows, there's tons of people there. That, and not just that, there's people actually spending money. So you got tax season coming up. People are a little more flush with cash, not having to worry about buying Christmas gifts. And I think we'll start to see a little bit uh, even more of a pickup in the hobby, too. I mean, dude, I had five, literally five shows near me this weekend, which is just yeah. insane. And I bet you they were full. They were. I didn't buy a single thing. I actually, no, almost, nothing, nothing caught your eye. No, I almost fought a vendor. Um, I didn't want to. All right, I don't want to tell this story, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell it. You got so, it. You got to tell it. Yeah. So, I've been looking for some more Formula One, 
raw cards, preferably. And I literally, last table, walked around the whole show, nothing. Last table, this guy has one. It's in a, like a Beckett Shield penny sleeve. So it's like this like 60-year-old guy and his like 40-year-old son that think they both like think they're 18. So I like asked the young son, I was like, can I, I was like, oh, can I take a look? So he takes it out. I was like, oh, can I take it out of the sleeve? Like, I, I don't like to just take it out without asking. And the, and the older guy looks at me, he's like, no. And he's in. Now I've been buying these at like five, five fifty at the high on eBay. And he he just looks at me dead in the face, goes, "I'm asking eleven hundred on that, by the way." So, I legit American, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "So you don't want to sell it?" <laughs> and so he didn't think nice to that. And you know, I I put the card back and I walked away. And then I I won't name oh, I won't name any names, but someone I know went back later, and they also approached him. And I warned them about this guy, and his buddy got an argument with the guy. So the guy ended up telling him they're going for grading, and he's like, "What are you talking about? They're going for grading? Like they're sitting out here? Like are they they're for sale?" He's like, "No, they're going for grading." So he's like, "Why why do you have them for sale then?" And they it, it got it got to the point where the guy removed. All the all the Formula One from his case, from his showcase, and just pulled it all out. Um, so moral of the story: don't don't be that that kind of seller. If just you, a little uh, Northeast United States beat down. Yeah, if you're old, that's what you're thinking. If you wanna put something out for show, just market a show. There's nothing wrong with with flexing your cards, but like, don't put stuff out. Ask ridiculously high prices if you have no intent to sell it. Yeah, he gave you a price. I ain't paying I mean, that. Get out of here. Well, I know, but but the fact that he even gave you a price meant it was for sale. Exactly. <laughs> make any sense. Yeah. So interesting, though. But yeah, let's uh, let's let's touch on this this upcoming weekend and this past weekend in sports a little bit. Oh, I'm going to yeah. be honest. Did not watch the Pro Bowl. Um, I did catch. No, neither did I. Yeah, I did catch some of the um, some of the uh, like the dodgeball <laughs> and the uh, the skills challenge, which I thought was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, it was fun. Um, like the 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 catch competition was pretty cool. I, I don't know if you caught that. I did not. I did hear though that the Pro Bowl was full of just tapping each other on the shoulder, not really tackling anyone. Yeah, and I saw one highlight of, of Alvin Kamara getting two hand touched, and then he proceeded to fight someone. Um, and then and he proceeded to two hand touch someone's face. And uh, yeah, so he got arrested. Um, I I uh, <laughs> come on, Christ. Alvin. Yeah, not good. I, I assume he's out now. I, I'm sure he'll get a, a, a slap on the wrist, but... He'll um, get the uh, uh, Ray Lewis treatment. Yeah. yeah exactly. I mean, Ray Lewis killed a guy. He's still playing. He, he did, was playing, so... Yeah, he did kill him. Um, yeah. What do you think of the uh, What do you think of the Kyler Murray situation? Dude, I don't know. He's a diva. I... Listen, Kyler's like... He's a decent player. I think he's... I have called him a fraud in the past because I think he can't play a full season. I think he melts down in the second half of the season. Uh, his, but his coach is also shout out to my boy Connor has oatmeal for brains. Um, made a lot of questionable calls, so he might just be over it. Um, I don't think his his career's done at all. But I mean, there's rumors now because for those of you who don't know, Kyler was a rookie in 2018. Um, I believe he got selected first overall. Yeah. 
but the same no no the so for the cardinals the athletics he got drafted ninth overall so oh, he wow. was also a first round top 10 draft pick for baseball very good so there's uh people posting images of him and his his athletics uniform and saying he's making the transition to baseball which as good as these top-notch athletes are it's a completely different sport and not something that uh, you can necessarily just transition that easily. Not I think even, that's probably not even why that, he, dude. Do you think he wants to go from living like the star QB life to a minor league baseball player? Zero chance. Probably I mean, not. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, you're not. That that that's what I was getting at. Like, he's gonna spend at least a year or two, if not more. You know, on a bus traveling in you know rural America playing you know Sandlot games until he's even making it close to the MLB. I honestly think that he wouldn't want to travel with the team and then he'd probably be hated by everyone for like living his own kind of lifestyle separate little million dollar quarterback yeah i think it'd be a little bit of a mess but we'll see maybe he'll maybe he'll he'll get on a winning team get to the super bowl well Um, for those of you that i guess we should have said this at the beginning but he did he he deleted all pictures of him in any sort of cardinals gear off his instagram he removed the cardinals tags and stuff from his profile bio and all that and just basically kind of scrubbed it so no one really knows what's going on but something interesting to keep an eye on yeah and i mean the only way he's getting this super bowl this year is either buying a ticket or paying seven million dollars for a 30 second ad um what a what a deal so yeah i just uh i just sent my payment over for my 30 Mm -hmm. second um slot still trying to figure out what i'm going to put on it Um, we're trying to we're trying to get our our bosses over do you have enough here to pay for the seven million so we can get a 30 second to promote the podcast i think that would be well worth it yeah it's been kind of tough to get them uh to, to agree to that but um, that's because they got all all the money tied up in eth and, and nfts <laughs> yeah if we, yeah i bet if we could <laughs> if we could, if we could see if they'll accept a, a crypto payment we might be able to uh <laughs> to convince you know who, them you know who pay for it mikhail pay for it shout out mckay oh yeah director He's 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 got a bunch of money. Oh yeah, he can float a seven though for sure, for sure. And speaking of bunch of money, Ooh, um, yeah, high dollar sales. So the high rollers, um, I I, we, I mean we got to go to the big one first. Definitely. The Jason Dominguez, you know Yankees, the Martian, top prospect in baseball, Mike Trout Jr. You name it, he is it. Uh, the Super Fractor Auto PSA 10 sold for a whopping 474000 I think that was without the premium, right? Without Correct. the buyer premium. So it was on auction. If you don't know how like these auction houses work, there's also a 20% buyer's premium um, that you have to pay. So as a seller, I'm pretty sure you get the 474000 and then the 20% is on the, is on the buyer to pay to the auction house. So buyer ended up paying over half a mil. I don't know Ooh. who bought it. Do you do you know who bought it? No, no one super famous, I don't think. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't see it claimed by anyone. Um I'm sure whoever bought it will either be very loud about it or we will never hear about where it ended up. Um until he either doesn't pan out or oh, I assume if he doesn't pan out, you'll never hear about it. Uh but if he does, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be all over, but we actually talked, I think, on the first podcast, we talked about this one being pulled. This was in our monster polls. And oh, yeah. And, um, yeah. I think this one, too. We uh, one another big ones that sold. Actually, this is probably this is the cheapest one we have on the list. Um, 
Tom Brady Green Kaboom from this year. 101 Green Kaboom. PSA 8, which most of the Kaboom seems like, at least the base, most of the base got PSA 8s because of that print line on the top. But PSA 8, 101 Brady Kaboom, 188K. Yeah, I'm going to, I honestly, I don't know why they chose green. I I was never a fan of the green. Um, yeah. I understand sticking with gold for 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 the out of 10 because that's like the you know the usual out of 10 color but right uh it's a cool card um i don't think i don't think i'd buy it if i had i mean think there's other things i would buy before before that for 188 thousand. but yeah pretty pretty cool card regardless um one of the most coveted sets the the absolute uh line um so i want to compare these two together okay the jason dominguez Super Fractor that we just talked about, 474k for a thousand dollars more. 475k was the final sale price. Um, obviously, probably you could argue the most iconic uh card, or at least the most sought after, definitely the mo- most short printed and rare. Uh, T206 Honus Wagner, um, from the early 1900s. Uh, PSA Authentic is what it was graded, meaning it wasn't even qualified as a one, it was just. They said it's real. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually diagonally torn in half. I have a funny dad, uh, it was funny missing dad half joke. It. What's that? Lay it on me. They should, they should call it the T-103 Honus Wagner. Nice. Because half counts as <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I continue. Sorry. Get it because it's half a T. I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to explain it after yeah. you. That's the part of the dad joke. Yeah. Um, other than that, obviously, we had a Joe Burrow 101 Shield. Uh, raw that went for 534. Uh, Zion Williamson RPA out of 99, true RPA out of National Treasures did 594. But let's uh, uh, Pat Mahomes gold. But this is my favorite card Pat Mahomes gold vinyl out of Prism. Oh, dude, uh, yeah, PSA 10. Did you see this? I, I have to imagine the seller canceled this one, but there was the I think it was the Prism RPA. 101 like bgs 95 and it it was I, maybe it was select it was a 101 rpa from prism or select and it so ended up sounding for like thirty three thousand. that's it yeah so i have wow. to imagine the seller canceled it but yeah. i thought that was pretty crazy that the out of five gold vinyl did um what about this guy right here yeah probably the the hottest <laughs> card right now that the contenders rookie ticket um well i guess it's the contenders championship ticket right or playoff ticket correct um tom brady out of 100 bgs 8.5 to 2.3 mil um, number three all time for football cards yeah what did the number this wasn't the number one right number one of 100 no yeah that one no. did that one did a lot the number one and i don't think the 12 out of 100 has surfaced has it that'd probably be, that'd probably be the most yeah, Sought I doubt after. that. I, I doubt mean, that ever surfaces unless someone crazy is is ripping open those boxes. It's probably sitting in a four row card box in some old guy's garage. Probably someone's gonna get lucky at an estate sale or something one day. Absolutely, not uh, gonna be me. Nope. Uh, yeah, crazy. I, I've seen. There's a guy at a card show near me that has a couple of these. Loves to make sure you know he has a couple of these. <laughs> um, every time you see him. So shout out to him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we had a uh, we had some not a ton of massive pulls this week. Um 
definitely a few cool ones. Uh, well, I guess one massive one. Yeah, one big one. Uh, we the, the two little ones we put on here, Mac Jones, RPA out of 25 out of the new Immaculate, which is a beautiful looking card uh, pulled by Real Breaks, uh, our boys over there. Uh, that was a nice one. And then Leighton had the other two. Leighton pulled a 2020 Select Football Justin Herbert gold out of 10 field level. So that'll be at PSA. I'm sure we'll see that in the PSA sales here in the next month. Um, and then the big dog, uh, Anthony Edwards, flawless logo man, one one. Yeah, I mean, life changing card for sure. Uh, I mean, you have to imagine whoever's paying that much money for those breaks anyway probably is decently well off, um, or they're just addicted to breaks, which is also possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, really, That's really wild. dope card. What, what do you think that? Uh, what do you think that goes for? I mean, the. Natty Treasure Zion at a ninety nine did six hundred thousand. I mean, you got to imagine it's doing half mil. I would think a little. I would think more. Yeah, I, I would yeah, think someone's willing to. Willing I mean, to I guess if Zion Anthony Edwards is as hot, if not hotter, than Zion right now. So yeah, so we'll see. I did see. Um, I was watching uh, Nick over at NZ Sports Cards last night, and Phil Hughes. He always hops in there and buys some stuff, and. Uh, Phil bought two boxes of 2020 Mosaic Choice, which has like the peacocks and stuff, and ended up hitting a black and gold to eight NFL debut Joe Burrow. Absolutely love that. Yeah, insane looking card. So yeah, that's cool. That was was a pretty cool one to see. Um, yeah. So on the horizon here, Mosaic football, hopefully, probably next week or two. Um, Desert, dude. Desert yeah. dry as all can be. Yep. 2022 Donruss basketball. Um, again, don't really expect anything big on that. Uh, and then we have two big releases next week. Uh, F1. Um, yeah, baby. And then Top Series 1. So we'll see how crazy prices go on that. I, I mean, probably a decent long-term hold. Um, you know, if you, if you get a couple of jumbos or hobbies and, and stow those away, I think Wander could really keep that keep that product alive. I agree. Um, so, I got a, I got a couple of cases coming in. I, I broke down and bought a couple of jumbo cases, so yeah, we'll uh, hunt some Wander autos. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I, I'll probably rip a box or two, but I'm not going to go too crazy. But I'm interested to see what what the prices of his his stuff does. I'm, I'm sure it'll go crazy at the beginning, but yeah. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna end this with a uh, a guest here. Um, so we're gonna bring special guest. Yes, very special. Um, the the namesake behind GFNF. Uh, the G of GFNF. Yeah, the G the G of GFNF, Garrett. So, um, yeah, let's hop over to that and uh, you know chat a little bit with him. Okay, we uh we're here. We're welcoming our first guest of the podcast, and we're excited to have him. Uh, we have Garrett here, who is the G of gfnf garrett thanks for joining us honored man no i appreciate you guys i uh I, I love the show that you guys have started crafting and uh i'm more than happy to be here so yeah heck yeah we're grateful for the opportunity why don't you uh start us off tell us a little bit about you how you started gfnf and 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 where it's gone and stuff for the past couple of years cool yeah well my whole life i've been into buying and selling stuff on uh ebay and other platforms literally since as far back as i can remember hustling pokemon cards and um, moved on from that, got really big uh, back into sneakers, I should say, about uh, three, four years ago, and then 
um, came across some really good friends and good connections in the industry. Vince, uh, my business partner being one of them. And uh, yeah, we had uh, basically just had the idea. There were other paid subscriptions and paid groups, but at the time, a lot of them were just run by um, what we felt was just pretty, they were run in unprofessional environments and we just felt that they weren't optimized in a good way and we could do it better with as much money was on the table. And uh, yeah, that's basically how GFNF came to be. Started really heavily uh, in, in sneakers and uh, just ge general collectibles and then dove very much headfirst into sports cards when, uh, when, when that market exploded a couple summers ago here. Um, or even a little bit earlier, I should say. Um, so sports cards are really what what led us. The I would say for about a year, um, really a, the heaviest focus for most members. It was one of our more profitable categories, and um, the drops and profitability profitability was just all very consistent. Um, and then over the last year, the whole world and industry has kind of been taking taken by storm via the the digital. Um, now being, you know, NFT space and it's crazy. Uh, I personally got pretty involved in August of this past year. So it's been, um, maybe seven, eight months myself. And, uh, it, it's really taken over and become one of the front running focuses of, of the, of the company at this point. Yeah, that's awesome. We, that's, you know, one of the things we all love about GFNF is it's so dynamic and it changes, you know, daily and, and what we're focused on is, is whatever's hot and whatever's trending and, and to be able to go from, sports cards to nfts the vinyls to everything else we do um is really cool now let's let's talk about obviously the nft side of it the digital asset side of it um gfnf is going really strong in that aspect right now and we're starting to see a little bit of bleed over into the sports card and sports memorabilia realm stepping into that what, what's your thoughts on that what you've seen so far do you see potential in that with sports and, and nfts yeah i think it's beyond potential man i think a lot of it's just a matter of time in terms of when mass adoption um is really seen really i i am a firm believer at this point that this industry is not it's not a bubble or a niche or anything like that it's literally technology it's a new that that's going to take over the world as we know it and the way that we interact with each other and the way we sign contracts with each other, whether that's, you know, a small, you know, small, big contract, whatever it is, I, I really believe it's all going to, to be transitioned via blockchain. You see every single corporation in the world that is worth a dime um, ha has invested billions and billions and trillions all consecutively in into this space. So I really think that it's just a matter of time until we see mass adoption. And in the here and now, I think that it's totally normal to that, that people are reluctant or calling it a fad um, or really holding on to like their the old ways of, of collecting, I guess you would say, and not being quick to adapt into like the digital. Um, but it, it's interesting because there is so much so many of the arguments used against nfts can be spun back to sports cards or, or you know really in in terms of what they physically are intrinsically right um people are like hey well this is a digital this is just it's a picture it, it, it's a token it's it's nothing right i mean that argument still could be hey that's that's literally a piece of cardboard you know it would be the argument for for a sports yeah, card that people could draw so um my thoughts are that we're going to see mass adoption and that includes a hundred percent of like 
future collectibles and and sports fans and sports investors and everything else i mean this asset class we've seen the birth of an entirely new asset class that's perfect for collectors you can't fake it you can't trim the edges on it there there's there's no shady stuff like that it's all fully transparent i mean really it's a collector's dream so you already see some nft projects that have like a really dominant sport um like presence or or theme that are, that have done well obviously there's the nba top shots and mega corps that have um already made waves in the space you see tops and panini got real got really into dipping into the nft space early and and they're really going to continue that in my opinion so um yeah i think it's just a matter of time and slowly but surely we're gonna go from you know maybe 90 percent physical collectibles for sports memorabilia and 10% digital. And I, I think that we'll see those numbers flip over the next five, 10 years here to where 90% of what people are going to be collecting is going to be digital um, in some way, shape or form. Yeah, that's, that's exciting. So yeah, we see DraftKings stepping into the space sports illustrated, like you said, Panini and tops, which um, is probably going to end up being fanatics anyway. Um, do you yep. see, you know, like we talked about, I think we talked about this in the morning meeting this morning, but you have your old timer collect collectors that, you know, want the physical cards, but you know, at the same time, the, the, the same people were making that argument about calling the internet a fad. When it yes. Out. And so, something to be this early on something, you know, you're going to take some L's. It seems like you're going to, you know, you're going to have some major wins, but being this early in the game can't be a bad thing. No, it's definitely not. And obviously you need to be careful because like in the, tech boom and, and internet boom of the 90s right the dot-com bubble so many people got burned because the people that did realize how big and and life-changing the internet was going to be for the planet as we knew it um there was so much excitement and hysteria that uh, that money flowed and then one day it stopped right <laughs> and and then one day there's no greater fool to sell what you just bought to and uh and then that's when people start getting burned so i think we're virtually in that exact same time right now man it is like the same way people are calling the internet a fad people are calling nfts a fad and, and and this technology this tokenization and blockchain native way of communicating and transacting um it's where we're going i mean even just today and and this is definitely not in the direction of cards but you have all the all the big corporations like mcdonald's and walmart they're talking about their virtual shopping experience you're going to go and shop through the store digitally and then it'll be delivered to your house blah 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 um so yeah, I, I, I really think that the old timers in the hobby, you already I see some of them, man. I see I see some of them getting um just dabbling, you know. So you see some people on hobby Twitter that are a little bit older, whether it's forties, fifties, even a, a bit older than that, now with you know, NFT avatars occasionally. Um that that inclination towards collecting, I think is uh is pretty big. So I'm not concerned about, about mass adoption and so much of the excitement and buzz and media attention and, and upward mobility in the hobby over these last couple of years has been all the young, young dudes getting into it and getting excited and getting passionate and all that money flowing, flowing in that hasn't been here before. And uh, that, that's the genre of people that are diving headfirst into NFTs. I think, I think people are under the impression that these two things can't coexist also. Yeah. Like the, you know, the idea of like a physical sports card, but also a digital asset to go with it. And I, I think like one of the, one of the things I've been keeping my eye on is 
tops with their with their candy digital um you know just because fanatics is behind it um and now they're gonna, they're going to be cornering this market one of the things i like that they're doing i know this is one of the big things with top shot was kind of like set completion so with top shot you go collect moment a b c and d and you get this moment you know for collecting all these ones and with candy i know one of the big things they did was they collaborated with an artist they created an nft for the stadiums you collected all the stadiums you got a physical art piece um that you know had all the stadiums on it so i could totally see them taking that kind of route with with sports cards and and people especially in today's market rarity is like you know you know the king and at the beginning you know jake and i kind of touched on this earlier where people were sending any card possible to get graded because you can make money on it now it's different it's all about rarity and scarcity um you know you, you can't really make money on the on these lower end things so if you know they offer the ability to uh, grant you access or opportunity to purchase a physical asset um, by collecting you know a b c and d digitally um, i think that's going to drive a lot more traction towards it um, you know i i was involved in top shot pretty early I, I made some good money on it but i also saw a lot of people get seriously burned with which you know i think left a bad taste in, in some people's mouths um, right but you know yeah go ahead oh no i was just gonna say i, I think that you put it really well um it's it's not that these things can't coexist i i think that quite the opposite the physical assets and digital assets can be leveraged off of each other to create a better experience for the buyer. You know what I mean? Whether that's, it's like the same thing, man. You find something cool in like your box of Cracker Jacks. Imagine finding like some type of tokenized asset in in a box of cards or, or the opposite. You know what I mean? A box of, you know, you get a subscription to whatever card product it is because you're a token holder of whatever nft it is like the the possibilities are endless it's not like you know nobody's suggesting that the sports card as we know it and the rookie card as we know it are going to be nfts necessarily in in five years like that's not that's not where my head's at my head's more like no these tokens are can can grant access to the product they can be used for like one of one pieces different one of one digital collectibles that coincide with um this physical market i mean trust me dude tops and panini they they have the the printing presses down to a to a science so they're obviously going to keep making money in the physical world too um i i just think that this is going to add a whole new level of experience for collectors yeah in, in a good way i, I don't think you know fanatics is not a almost 20 billion dollar company for making poor decisions and stupid decisions in the market they're right. they're gonna capitalize on this like i think i think a lot of it's going to be fan experiences um yeah. you know the, ex the exclusive packs exclusive stuff i mean we see this with the memberships now there's no reason like the ufc membership we saw panini release today there's no reason they couldn't have, have done a, an NFT um, and, you know, be able to transfer ownership, you know, via the NFT. Um, exactly. It, it, it makes it safer and easier to, to sell, you know, because going on eBay and trying to buy, like if I saw Jake put an eBay listing up for his membership, um, you know, what what's to say, you know, I'm guaranteed I'm going to get, you know, actual ownership of it. He's not going to scam me. Um, so there's definitely is, is that, that layer of security with blockchain and, and with NFTs. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. Like I'm 
I'll fully embrace it. I'm interested to see how they leverage it, and I think they're gonna they're gonna try to squeeze every last uh, opportunity out of this. Um, oh think yeah, definitely, man. I mean, even the Super Bowl this year, right? I don't know if you guys have discussed this yet, but they're giving NFTs to every attendee of the Super Bowl this year. I don't know if you saw that. Um, they, they yeah, basically oh, no. NFL partnered with Ticketmaster, and every attendee ticket holder is gonna receive one NFT in commemoration of, of this Super Bowl, like, and, and in my head, I'm just thinking, okay, this is the first official NFL NFT. This is the first Super Bowl NFT. What's this going to be worth in 10, 20, 30 years type of thing. It could be incredible. And uh, yeah, just fan experience, man. Imagine, uh, imagine there's like tokens or any, anything uh, mixed inside card products or any type of sales that, that grant you access to games. Um, like meet and greets with players it's just i don't know fanatics has the opportunity to really streamline that entire fan collector experience as we know it yeah and i believe that it's it goes even beyond the space of just collectors i think i think stuff like sports nfts can benefit and and be of value to players themselves i mean yeah if players have any sort of you know we know most of the players unions and stuff are are well involved in the sports card industry as far as equity. And I think that just pours over with NFTs. There's also, as we know, the metaverse growing and, and, you know, what stops these, let's trademark this idea right now on the podcast, just in case it ever becomes something. <laughs> what stops these, what stops these sports uh, owners, these teams from putting virtual reality seats in their stadium courtside that you can have access to, you know, oh, it's coming. You well, definitely. Side, you I know. know right I know David Guetta, uh, big DJ. He just held his first uh, Metaverse concert. Um, That's wow. exciting. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, like, just look at like Fortnite. I don't know if you remember or ever saw like their in-game concerts and stuff they did. Um, yeah. I, I totally think like there's definitely application in that in that space um, for that kind of, for for that kind of stuff. And you know, per I guess like for me at least. I guess one of the things that kind of has driven my interest away from NFTs is like there's so many projects with like no utility um, at all. Like, okay, it's just like cool art. The team seems like legit um, that I, I think this ability and I think that's a lot of people's stigma with it, too, is like there's no use for it. I, I think if they put some sort of you know purpose behind it, uh, which these big companies have the ability to do because they have the money to spend to promote it. Um, I, I think a lot of interest will, will pick up from, especially from people that might be a little down on the idea of, of digital assets. Yep. yep. And we, uh, one last thing on the NFT thing. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but just for example, the senior bowl, which is this year, it's coming up. Uh, the, the top seniors in college across the nation get to play in a bowl game. That is basically an extra showcase for the, for the pro scouts and they're all getting a one-on-one nft of themselves for participating in the senior bowl that they're allowed to sell or keep and that could you know now that the ncaa has agreed to allow players to profit off their name and and stuff like that that opens a whole nother door there as well yeah i mean goodness gracious right now because of how early we are it's almost like people would expect to see some type of value created via you know whatever fan experience or something like that um like direct value created but in the future when when this type of asset is so commonly held in just in as far as digital assets go 
then it could be as far as just, hey, this is the first NFT that was ever signed off by Tom Brady. You know, uh, th this is the first NFT that that hat that is officially licensed by by tops that contains player X. You know what I mean? That that could yeah. be treated just like the rookie card market in the future. You know, when you think about where the value comes from, um, it's it's scarcity. And uh, it, once the demand get well, and demand of course. So I think once we see more transition, the sky's the limit for all of this, man. And it's really exciting. It's it's kind of weird because I feel like we're just on the balances between two different types of collecting and two different types of people. Um, but we're seeing more and more people get into the NFT space every day. Yeah. 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 Well, that's all we got on our list. Garrett, I, I, I thank you very much for coming on with us, man. This is, this is exciting stuff and we want to stay on top of it. I'm sure we'll have you back on again soon because this is something that we're so early on with GFNF and, just the, the the ceiling is endless on what we can do with these. Um, before we let you go, though, we we do have a couple things to talk about. Number one, we Let's need go. your we need your Super Bowl predictions. We're gonna all do them right here, live, so we can see who was right. Uh, what's your predictions for the Super Bowl? Oh goodness, um, Bengals. That's all I know. I'm rooting yep. for the Bengals. <laughs> okay, as far as far as actual scores, though, that's tough. I I don't have much word on that. I'm I'm also How about you guys. I'm going 34-31 Bengals. And the reason I picked that score is someone posted online today. I, apparently, that was a scene in one of the Simpsons episodes. Oh, my God. So, what is no way. Wait, yeah. same teams? Yeah, Bengals, yeah, Bengals in the Super Bowl, 34-31 oh to over over the Rams. You, the literally have to, you literally have to bet oh. that. Like, Almost. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, gotta, oh, I picked that, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, also, I picked that too. Okay. I was gonna, I was gonna pick the Rams, but like now I'm gonna pick the Bengals. Thirty four, thirty one. There we go. Yeah, you heard it here first. Easy. Um, the other thing too, we talked about a little bit earlier before you hopped on here. Uh, Nico was talking about that the Super Bowl ads this year cost seven million dollars for a thirty second slot. No way. That's so do we, way up, isn't it? Yeah, we want to we want to promote the podcast. Is that an invoice we just submit to you, or how do how do we I do have that? the card? Uh, yeah, we can start we can start that payment <laughs> process. It'll probably need to be like a two or three lifetime yeah, um, okay. payment, but I, I think it'll be worth it to, totally. to get some eyes on the podcast. So. I agree. Totally, right, totally worth it. So, crazy. Yeah, people yeah. heard it here. Um, Garrett gave us the okay to get the Super Bowl commercial. So let's go. Yeah. I'll be right back to the Board Ape Yacht Club commercial this yeah. year. There yeah. we go. <laughs> well, again, thank you for joining us, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, that pretty much wraps it up. Uh, go ahead, Garrett. Tell us where we can find you on the social medias. Cool. Um, at Garrett's Kicks on Twitter and at Garrett's Kicks on Instagram as well. Um, GFNF is uh, is the company, of course. GFNF underscore underscore. You can find us on all socials. Um, you YouTube, TikTok uh, are some of the newer ones. So yeah, check us out. Really, we're everywhere. So. Yep, Garrett Garrett runs a daily show, uh, uh, mainly focused on NFTs and stuff. That's also on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We can link that too. And uh, yeah, excellent. Again, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Wrigley Elite SC on on all the socials. Uh, Nico, go ahead and drop yours. I'm Naffy Boy Thirteen with one F, not two, like the guy that tried to impersonate me again on Twitter today. So shout out Goodness. to him. Um, yeah, that, but, that's my burner account. Yeah, that's Jet Shake's burner account. But uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Later, bud. Cool. Take it easy.